Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that wants to put the hoe back in holiday. Today we have Laura, Zoe, Jules, and Kellen. Before we get into today's topic, we wanted to offer a moment of appreciation for Bell Hooks. We just found out um, right before recording this on December 15th that she passed away. Her work has been and will continue to be really influential for me. And I know it's something we've talked about a lot on the podcast as well. Um, I think that one of her strengths is that she was very unique in her ability to put her like brilliant feminist theory into very accessible language. And that was really important for me, like early on in understanding feminist theory. Um, so yeah, rest in power to Bell Hooks. And I wanted to share um, just one short quote of hers that says, it is essential to our struggle for self-determination that we speak of love. For love is the necessary foundation enabling us to survive the wars, the hardships, the sickness, and the dying with our spirits intact. It is love that allows us to survive whole. I love y'all. Love you. <laughs> love you. Love you. Love fell hooks. Yes. Today, you know, moving from a uh, kind of beautiful thing. Uh, not that what we're about to talk about isn't beautiful, but it's, it might be a little tough. Uh, today, we're talking about mental health and the holiday season. Um, if you're anything like me, you're already feeling the intensity that comes with this time of year, whether it's because of wonky family dynamics, grief, financial financial strain, work, being the queer person in your family, etc. This time of year really brings up a lot for everyone. So I thought we could start by each of us kind of sharing why the holidays are hard for us, and where we feel a strain on our mental health. And I suppose I can kick us off, even though I feel like mine is so intense. So apologies in advance. No sorry to myself. Okay. No, no sorry. <laughs> um, so the holidays have really always been stressful for me. Um, if you have a lot of family like I do – it can be expensive as hell. So even when I was really young, I had to spend a lot of money on the holiday. Um, but also, my parents got divorced when I was seven and had joint custody. So every holiday was going between houses. And my dad made snide comments about us not spending enough time with him or grumbling about how annoyed he is to have to share us with our mom and even as an adult, there's always been some tension between how I would spend my time at the holidays. And I've talked about this at length on the podcast, but I've lost several family members over the last two years, which makes this year particularly hard. Um, last year was hard because I didn't have my stepdad, who was my actual fa father figure growing up, but also because no one was vaccinated, none of the holidays felt like years before, so it wasn't too triggering. Um, it was just a weird year all around, and I actually didn't really get together with my family last year because of not being vaccinated. This year is different. Um, it feels in some ways like years before, except, of course, that everything is different in my family. So on my dad's side, the main person I would be connected to and hang out with was my grandma. And she passed away in September of this year. And it's felt basically impossible to be at my dad's house without her there. And I know I talked about this a bit on our care episode, but my dad handled my grandma's decline extremely poorly and all of that care was on my shoulders. So seeing him is also just very hard for me right now. On my mom's side, I have my siblings, who I don't see very often, coming to town for Christmas, and I'm really, really excited to be seeing them. And all of us haven't been together literally since my stepdad's memorial, so I told my dad that I needed to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with them, and we'll talk about boundaries a little bit more later. Uh, and that did not go over very well, but 
you know, whatever. Yeah, I feel grateful that I kind of stood my ground on that. I know it will be hard in its own ways to see my siblings because it will feel somewhat normal, but not normal at all because our parent will be gone. But I am still very much looking forward to seeing everyone that I haven't seen in a long time. I think grief has an invisible weight to it. I know I've basically been swallowed whole by grief at this point, so all I can hope is that my family and I are as kind to each other as we can be during this time. <laughs> um, and the last thing I will say is, uh, and this is, for me at least, an intense thing. Um, I haven't brought home a significant other for a holiday since 2017. And at this point, I am the one person out of my three other siblings and I who do not have a significant other. Um, And I'm the only one who will not have their significant other with them for Christmas Eve or Christmas. And that can really feel isolating and hard in its own way. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a reason that there's so many Hallmark and now like Netflix movies about like being single at the holidays. It's like, you know, there's a reason that it's compelling to watch Melissa Joan Hart, you know, um, kidnap Mario Lopez at gunpoint and force him to hang out with her family and pretend to be her boyfriend. Yes, that is a Christmas movie that you should absolutely watch. What? Yeah. What movie is that? I forget the name of it, but if you Google Melissa Joan Hart, Mario Lopez, you'll find it. There's this great scene where the police come because he's been kidnapped um and the grandma (laughs) basically yells like go to hell pigs like she literally calls them pigs so it's an abolitionist text that sounds Um, amazing (laughs) i will for sure be watching that it's like is that it's called like fake fiance or something something like like that that. yeah yeah um but like it is really hard um to be single at the holidays like i know i really struggled with that last year which was my first holidays and like six or seven years as a single person like you really I really felt that absence and like I am now in a relationship but we're doing the holidays separately which is fine because we've been together for like six months but um my family is very coupley like couple oriented and I do feel like a fifth wheel a lot with my mom and my stepdad and then like my brother and his partner who will be with us for the holidays and like it is just really hard to feel like you know I'm here with my own family but I still feel alone um, yeah, I really relate to that. So I've actually, well, my family is also coupley. I mean, it's my parents, then my sister and her partner, and um, they they alternate doing holidays with different families. So I'll be with them for some of the time, but not the whole time. But um, I've never brought home a significant other for the holidays, and that is a whole other thing we could get into. <laughs> but um, but one of my best friends, Adira, used to also be around Philly for the holidays because she would go. Um, visit her grandmother in Philly for, for Hanukkah. And then would often like come to my um, parents' house for like our little Christmas thing that we do. And then at least I had her and like, honestly, which is better than a significant other, in my opinion, to have a best <laughs> friend. Um, but she is not able to, and hasn't been the past couple of years because her grandmother is in her nineties. And so traveling to see her is not safe because of COVID. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's been hard. And like prior to that, like when I was younger, one of my like best friends would come over. So, yeah, I at least used to have like a person and um, I'm bringing my cat home for the holidays. <laughs> we love Brooklyn. I, do, I love Brooklyn more than I will partner. ever love anyone else. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you were talking about this a little bit, Laura, but this is a really interesting year for a lot of us, I think. Like, last year, I feel like most people didn't do whatever they normally do for the holidays because travel didn't feel safe um, at all. And now we have this time where, like, a lot of people are resuming traditions or whatever they normally do, which can be really nice, but also can mean that like you had a break from some things that you maybe don't love about the holidays that you're now having to go back to. Um, And that's, it's kind of been like a mix of both of those things for me. Um, I feel excited to be able to visit family in LA, um, especially older family that I was really stressed about being around before we were all vaccinated. Um, And it's the first time in two years that I'm at my parents' house. 
But on the other hand, I also love being able to host holiday stuff for the first time with my partner last year. Um, I mean, not even really host. It was just like us and our two siblings who also live in New York. But it was really cozy. And like, I just got to spend time with friends and community in New York that I normally maybe wouldn't get to see around that time. Um, And of course, I am devastated that I won't be spending the holiday with my cats, um, although at least they have no idea what holidays are. But (laughs) I'm I'm jealous of of Brooklyn being with you, Zoe. Um, she would beg to differ she literally just jumped up on my desk um Brooklyn hates the car but we're gonna have a little adventure (laughs) and we're gonna stop at Laura's along the way that's right (laughs) but yeah in terms of other stuff that's hard about the holidays um I'm dealing with some specific family issues that have been kind of hard this year um One thing is that my grandpa passed away last year, kind of at the height of COVID. And so I haven't seen anyone from that side of my family since that happened because we did the funeral and everything over Zoom. Um, So it'll be really nice to see everyone. And we're going to do some things to commemorate him that we didn't get to do last year um, since we all kind of have time off and can be together at this time. Um, But it's also hard. Like, it's hard being back and he's not here. Um, This is the first time I've been back to LA since he passed away. Um, And I think it's just difficult when like, everyone has really different ways that they're processing this and then kind of like bringing all of that together after a time where like, we were kind of unable to express that all together. Um, I think one way or another just is gonna be hard as well. Um, And like, it's the first, holiday season that we're celebrating without him and I feel like kind of like you were talking about Laura like the holidays can kind of amplify grief in this weird way there's like specific rituals or times you would see the person that don't happen um, and that feels sad and I feel like for me it's also just kind of like the fact that it's this collective marking of time and it's like another holiday season passing another specific amount of time since you lost someone I think especially like after recent loss this can just kind of be a hard time of year in general for a lot of people yeah no I totally agree with that um I uh I've talked about this on the podcast before but like I'm not in touch with my dad anymore um he's he's kind of like a sociopath so like it's fine it's good um I like don't have any regrets about the fact that we aren't in contact but um there's still definitely things that make me feel sad about that um like it's not that I miss him per se because he sucks but uh it's just stuff like thinking like wow I wish I had a good dad growing up and like the holidays definitely make me feel that for sure. Um, there's sort of like an absence there that's more obvious when you don't have like the sort of traditional family structure or whatever. Um, and also like he has a tendency to like reach out close to the holidays and that also really throws me off. Like he reached out to me over Thanksgiving and like, I have my, I have his number blocked on all my devices, except I didn't think to block him on my new work computer. So it came through iMessage there. And like, it was this really manipulative message and like, I won't, I won't go into it. Um, but for whatever reason, holidays are like when he comes out of the woodwork. And so that can just be like very unsettling for me as well. And like, the other thing that I'm sort of dealing with, and this is very small potatoes, I want to be clear that I'm not like comparing this to what everyone else has said, but um, holidays are also a time to miss pets that we've lost. Um, my childhood cat Marty died a few days ago, and we knew that he didn't have like a lot of time left, um, but I had really hoped that he would hang on long enough for me to see him and say goodbye at Christmas. He was like my kitten when I was little. Um, Marty Heads will be glad to know that he passed away wrapped in a little heating blanket with his best friends, my mom and my brother's cat, Mary, giving him pets and snuggles. Um, and he's buried in our backyard and we're going to have a little memorial service for him when my brother and I are at home so I'm really looking forward to that but it is going to be really sad and and very quiet in the house without him no that's super real um because even I mean I don't want to go into this too much but even my mom's dog who was murdered by her boyfriend at the time's dog uh 
was very sorely missed at Thanksgiving. It was really weird to not have him in the house. So that's that's very real. R.I.P. Marty. Yeah, R.I.P. Marty. Um, well, this is not like my cat is attacking me. She heard me talk about the car and now she literally won't stop jumping up on me. Um, anyway, <laughs> not um, loss or grief related this year. I just wanted to talk about a different stress that I've had leading into the holidays, um, which is that for me being in grad school, I just finished my finals this week. And then now I'm like packing and planning on driving home. And um, I don't know if, if you've ever been in grad school at the end of a semester, all I want to do is like crawl into a ball for the next month, but I can't do that because I'm going home to my family. And um, some members in my family are more like understanding about it than others. But um, when I like started grad school while living um, with my family in the beginning of COVID, I did not get a lot of like understanding about what I was going through in that regard. So I have a lot of... Um, just stress that like my sister's a Virgo. She loves to do activities. And like, I know that when I get there, it's going to be like high energy. Let's do all these things. And like, I actually just really want to do nothing for the next month. Um, and yeah, that is something that's stressful for, for me. I also do really relate to the family pets though. Um, because I had other than having friends that would come for the holidays, having like the cats that I grew up with, we had three cats and they were all like my babies. And um, they one by one passed away when I was in college. Um, And that was very sad for me as well, because you're used to having that emotional support when you're in that space and then it's gone. But that's why Brooklyn is coming with me and she fully (laughs) is attacking me. I can't wait to see you both tomorrow. Yay. Yeah, we're stopping at Laura's for a couple of days to de-stress on the way. (laughs) critical well i'll be de-stressing brooklyn might be stressing i don't really know <laughs> i think brooklyn will be accumulating stress. was pretty relaxed the last time she was here she least. was she was very chill um and she's dramatic about the car but here's the thing she gets to be knocked out on anti-anxiety medication and i build her like a full nest of blankets and toys in the back of the car If someone were to knock me out on anti-anxiety medication and put me in a nest of blankets in the back of a car, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) I'm just imagining, like, out of context that just, like, have, like, a stranger did that. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Uh, But no, that sounds lovely. (laughs) You're a great cat mom. Thank you so much. I really try. She most of the time agrees. She's really going nuts right now. (laughs) They know. They know when travel's coming. Yeah. She's been watching me pack. And like, I think she she's not sure if she's coming with me or not, but she knows that I'm leaving. And so she's like, what the fuck's happening? Yes. She will have some times with Thermi at my house. Yes. But anyway, back back to the more serious issues and not my cat's anxiety about the car. <laughs> serious in its own right. <laughs> so I also thought we could talk a bit about how this year is still impacted by COVID because while our boomer parents might think the pandemic is over, we are obviously finding out about new strains all the time. And this is not something that is over. Particularly when it comes to large gatherings, I still feel weird about it. And in my mom's side, there's typically a really large gathering with her siblings and my 20-something cousins and all their kids. But it was canceled last year. um, And I'm not going to it this year because it still feels unsafe and weird to me. Which, like, with the vaccine, I feel fine about like the small family gatherings I have but like my brother and sister-in-law also have an infant and he can't be vaccinated so I'm not trying to put him at risk either and of course it also at least for me has impacted how long it's been since I've seen certain family members like my sister who lives in Los Angeles I'll be seeing her for the first time in almost two years this Christmas And that's really exciting, and it's also weird to go so long without seeing people like that in my life. I think my fears about my family members getting sick and dying from illness, because that's what 
has happened to me on repeat for two years are also more heightened than others. So I just have like a lot of residual anxiety around travel, holiday, and gatherings because we still live in a pandemic. Yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. Um, Actually, like as of our recording right now, I am literally just back from a COVID test that took me about four hours to get. That's fine. It's all good. (laughs) Love it. Um, My partner's roommate was exposed. So out of like an abundance of precaution, I've been self-isolating alone for the last few days. Um, But the good news is I'm negative. Very exciting. Um, But I've definitely been anxious about traveling for the holidays, like even more now than I was a few days ago, because Now it feels like I've had this close call and it's just reminded me that COVID is obviously very much still a thing, even if a lot of stuff feels more back to normal or like a normal where you wear masks in the grocery store, you know, like at least here in New York. Um, So, you know, I'm going to be seeing my mom who's immunocompromised and my grandparents who are like obviously old. um, And I'm planning to be really careful until I go home and get tested. I'm going to get like tested again before I leave New York because like. The other thing is that Omicron is like obviously really picking up steam here in the city. And I'm just like, you know, I just I don't want to bring that to my family in any way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's hard with COVID. Um, My mom is truly the most COVID cautious person that I've heard of. And, you know, that is her right. Um, It's a little hard, though, because so I'm going to be like based in Philly Um, and leaving my cat there, of course. And then I'm also going to see um, friends in a few other places on the East Coast, New York and DC and et cetera. Um, But so I generally am really careful about COVID, but I feel like I have to be even more careful knowing that I'll be going back to my parents' house than when like I'm living by myself. It's just less like risk analysis when you're like, okay, yes, I'm putting myself at risk versus like, am I putting my like parents who are both like much older at risk. Um, So I think also from like when I was living there in early COVID too, I just have like a lot more like guilt and anxiety about it when I'm like staying at their house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think I have a similar experience where my parents are very cautious and like that part of it feel like I feel like we're kind of on the same page in terms of that stuff. But it is still weird to be like, you know, it's not we are still in a pandemic. Um, But I also feel like it's been, you know, like it's been long enough since we've seen a lot of people that for me, and I feel like most people, it's like, it feels like acceptable to take that risk in order to be able to see family. Um, But it is still like anxiety making that that risk is there. Especially with the vaccines and what we know, like, at least for me, everyone in my immediate family is vaccinated and like, right. Same. So the risk of them being boosters now too. So it's like very cool. Yeah. And so I do think that like helps with the feeling safe about it, even though we are still in a pandemic too. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to talk a little bit also about being queer at the holidays. Um, Obviously, holidays can be really fraught for a lot of trans and queer people because it's a time you're sort of traditionally expected to spend with family. But for a lot of us, that isn't possible or something we want to do or enjoy doing. Um, I feel really lucky in that my parents have been supportive of me coming out and I don't feel like I actively have to hide who I am while I'm home. Um, But I have some other family that I just don't feel safe coming out to right now because they're extremely conservative and pretty transphobic. Um, And so when I'm spending time with them or really just like around them when we're all at the same holiday gatherings, I don't necessarily like try to interact with them. Um, It just kind of adds this level of stress of not being able to be fully open about like several different aspects of myself and kind of like trying to figure out like what can I share about my life in this space and what is not really safe to talk about. Um, I did recently discover an amazing life hack for dealing with some of this, like specifically having some family who are accepting and some who are not, but I will save that for later in the episode when we get into some advice. Yes. I'm excited to hear this. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I, 
So I personally am not seeing the conservative members of my family this year, partly because they are not all fully vaccinated. So it's not something that I will be actively dealing with. Um, but I think like what, what I have been dealing with, and this is something that I think can be common for like, you know, trans and queer people who have like fairly accepting family or at least family that are not actively like harmful towards them. But there's this aspect of like, my whole community in New York where I live, like my partner, my friends, the people in my life on a daily basis are pretty much all queer or trans or at least just like extremely trans literate and like know all the like things that people are talking about on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, um, which is kind of silly, but like feels very nourishing also in a way. Um, and I'm really lucky right now that that also includes pretty much everyone that I work with also. Um, so going from like that space of my daily life to a much more straight kind of normative space at the holidays can be a challenge. Um, I think this can come up both with family, but also like high school friends who knew you before you came out. If there's like people you're seeing that you haven't seen in a while, um, and just like people who might have a very different level of understanding or comfort with your identity, even if they're not sort of actively like homophobic or transphobic. Um, and in my specific situation, it's definitely not that there's anything overtly bad or harmful about it. Um, like we can debate if heterosexuality and cisness are inherently bad, but anyway, <laughs> setting that aside, um, I think it's just that the more that I've come into my queerness and transness, the more I realize that there are just really distinct like subcultures that are very specifically trans or not, very specifically queer or not. And sometimes moving into a very straight coded space can just kind of be this reminder that like the rest of the world is not actually this bubble that I typically am able to surround myself with. Um, and in some ways that's like fine, like not everywhere needs to be that. Um, there are so many spaces that are that for other people that have very different experiences for me. And like, I want them to have their spaces too. Like it's good that not every place in the world is exactly like my little bubble. That is what's perfect for me. Um, but the sort of like darker side of it for me is that, you know, there are people who very much don't want me to be alive to quote from someone else who said this, who think I'm a pervert and not in the fun way. Um, and, you know, who can't even understand, much less accept many things about the way I choose to live my life and the community I surround myself with, um, especially with all of the like anti-trans laws that we've seen being proposed and passed. This just really feels like a very fraught year for that. Um, and for me, this has been a really big year in terms of like embracing my queerness and transness more fully. Um, and I think partly because of that, it's felt harder in some ways to leave kind of like that bubble of safety and support that I have around me most of the time and just be in the world. Um, and it's a world that hates or at best doesn't really think or care about trans people. Um, I feel like it's kind of like the difference between like going out in the cold in a giant long puffer coat versus going out and just like a just warm enough jacket. Like it's not uncomfortably cold. It's more just that you're like not as 100% insulated as you would be. And you kind of have that knowledge that like if someone throws a bucket of snow on your head, you're immediately going to be freezing instead of having that like nice protective buffer around you that's going to like support you. Um, anyway, I think this metaphor got away from me a little bit, but <laughs> no, I, I think you get it. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, Jules, I think that I, I totally got what you were saying. Um, I will say on, like on this note, I feel very lucky. Um, I'm spending the holidays with my mom and my stepdad and my brother and his girlfriend. And then my grandparents will be visiting as well for a couple of days. And all of the young people who will be in attendance are queer, which you love to see. Um, so I can do things that like, like I'm thinking of last year where I played this playlist called Gay Get Ready and like openly explained to my brother and his girlfriend that the whole thing is just like upbeat pop songs by artists who are either gay or should be gay. And yes, I am looking at you, Dua Lipa. Um, and they like, they get it and they vibe with it. And then my mom will say things like, wow, I like this about levitating or this is too electronic 
traumatic for me about Sophie. And even if that's a bad opinion, like that's okay. Um, so while I'm not being like, mom, listen to this gay playlist, I can have like these like gay little jokes with the other 20 somethings. And, and that feels very nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, as discussed on this podcast before, my family is really conservative. My parents are really conservative. So um, when I came out uh, sexuality wise, they generally support me, uh, but it's mostly like not talked about. Um, especially on my dad's side, it's just like not talked about. Um, and then on my mom's side, my younger brother is gay, but like he and his fiance are both cis, um, white gay men. So there's a bit of a difference there. And even though my mom is like supportive, she constantly makes comments about me, like just finding the right man energy uh which just as jules was saying i'm the right man for you is like <laughs> is like so just kind of it felt a little bit like um uh a bucket of freezing snow being put on my head you know like it's just not great feeling and um while i'm out to my siblings as non-binary I will never be out to my parents as non-binary because they can't understand they won't understand one time when I was dating someone who is non-binary I tried to broach the subject with my mom and it went so poorly so even though I'm like able to be out in a sexuality way like it's also complicated because I am the only single one in my family too so it there it feels like there's like a bit of a stigma there as well and you know I can't fully be out in terms of my non-binariness and so there's a lot of like gendered language that happens that is fine because I've kind of made peace with it but obviously like Jules was suggesting like isn't the norm of like the community and bubble that I've built for myself yeah totally yeah with without um outing any members of my family most members of my immediate family are not straight um but so I I never like well, sexuality wise, yeah, I came out to my family when I was in high school. I think I've talked about this before. Um, and like, yeah, my mom isn't straight. My sister isn't straight. It's it's chill. Um, but in terms of gender, like all of my family members follow me on like social media and I just let them find out about my life that way. I never like had a conversation with them about it. And I genuinely don't know what they think or like what, how much they know. Um and I don't know, I guess I've like thought about talking to them about it more. And I, I know that they would be receptive. I think for me, I have a fear that even though they would like be receptive, they would still do the thing where it's like, oh, she uses they pronouns or whatever the fuck, like that kind of stuff. And so it's like, that's like more frustrating to me than just having not talked about it. Um, and so yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth with that. My mom's gotten a lot better about it in terms of like talking about my friends and stuff. But um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's like you feel even less seen when you try to feel seen. And that feels even worse because you tried. Absolutely. I yeah. feel that. <laughs> well, I think we wanted to move into some advice for surviving the holidays. Um I guess I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, my favorite thing to talk about, which is that you never have to do anything for the holidays you don't want to do. Yes. Um, which is just, yeah. Like, I think, you know, for this year, like, it's maybe a little bit late to think about for holiday plans um, because it's coming up, but it's also never too late to be like, by the way, I'm not coming to this thing. Um everyone gets to decide how they want to spend those time, regardless of what other people in your family might want from you. Um, and I think that can look like a lot of different things. Like obviously for some people that might be celebrating holidays with friends or chosen family rather than seeing blood family. Um, but maybe it's also like going to visit your parents for just a couple of days rather than a whole week, if that's what you feel up to, or like, if you live too far away from the people you really want to be celebrating with and traveling is impossible, maybe like setting up a video call with those folks at a time that's meaningful to you both. Um, 
And I think it's also important to ask the people around you for support. Um, and hopefully there are at least some people around you that you can trust with your needs. Um, like maybe you have a hard time driving long distances and it would help to have a good friend or a partner do the driving when you go to like your cousin's place for New Year's or whatever. Um, or maybe there's a particular family member you don't want to spend time around and some of your family members wouldn't mind having a second gathering where they're not invited. Um, this might seem obvious, but I think a lot of times it feels like the holidays are this kind of like extremely special, like separate time where we absolutely cannot express our needs or generally like interact with humans in a normal way or like set boundaries in the way we might at other times in our life. Um, so if you need it, this is just a reminder that you literally never have to see anyone you don't want to see. And it's okay to make the choices that are right for you, even if it makes other people upset. Um, and sometimes it can be really painful to set those boundaries, especially if the people you're setting them with are not respectful of them. Um, but it can also be extremely worth it when you get to spend time with people who actually care about you and treat you the way that you want to be treated. I think this is like such good advice. Thank you. I hope Hell it's useful. Hell yeah. <laughs> Agree big time. I wrote basically a similar thing, but in a different way below, but we'll get to it later. <laughs> nice. Great minds. Think alike. Exactly. Um, I, I guess also like, you know, for a lot of people, this time can just be very intense and like feel like it needs to be important. Um, and it's also just the time where like, a lot of us have time off work, which is not normally a thing at other times of year. Um, so I also think it can be really important if there's like a family celebration or something you're choosing not to attend to replace that with something you do actively want to do. Um, and again, this is maybe like on the later side for this year, but I think it can be nice to check in with friends and people you care about on what they're doing for the holidays and like be open about it if you're feeling lonely or like you're not going to have specific plans or people to spend time with. Um, I've had friends who didn't want to go back to their hometown for the holidays for whatever reason, who have often spent time with my family over the holidays instead. Um, and like we talked about before, that's also a great hack for if you're single at the holidays, just bring a friend instead. What like it's even better in some ways. Um, and I love getting invited over to a friend's house over the holiday season or inviting someone over to mine to kind of like give each other a break from the intensity that might be part of a visit to your own family's home. Yeah, that makes like total sense. And I think just like a related thing is to remember that you're allowed to take breaks from your family, even if it's not to like hang out with other people or like do anything specific, like I know for me, sometimes I feel guilty about being at home and not like spending every waking moment with my mom or my grandparents or like whoever else is there. But, but I remind myself that it's like really okay if I go to another room to like take a nap or read a book or something. And like, it can also be nice to bring something home with you to do if you feel like you do need to be physically proximate to people. Um, you know, like for me, I could bring, or and I plan to bring like an embroidery hoop with me to like work on while we're all sitting around and talking or like watching a movie if I'm feeling a little bit overloaded actually like participating yeah definitely um something that I've been trying to do over break and I've kind of mentioned this um is like building in things that I can look forward to in between some of the holiday stress with family so for example I definitely anticipate there being um some some stress leading up to Christmas. Um, I don't want to go into too many details subtweeting my my family just because um, that might make it worse. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the weekend after Christmas is New Year's and um, I have plans to go have a very like sweet, cozy time in D.C. with my friend Janet, who if you did not hear the episode she was on. Um, Janet is my friend from high school and she also tends to have a lot of um, stress with certain family members. And it's nice because since we've known each other for so long, like we know each other's families. So it'll be really nice to kind of have that space to like debrief and like talk about the things that happen with our families. And we're just going to do a very low key New Year's, she is an amazing cook and we're going to like cook dinner and, and drink at her place. Um, and that is why everyone needs a, a Taurus best friend who's like, yes, just come over and like, let's be so cozy together. <laughs> Great advice. 
<laughs> I love that as well. Um, and I completely agree. So, like, my closest friends in Buffalo are doing a small New Year's Eve gathering. Um, but unfortunately, in addition to the holidays just being, like, a hard time in and of itself, um, the two-year anniversary of my stepdad Brian's passing is New Year's Eve, uh, which also happens to be my mother's birthday. It's chaos. It's intense. And uh, for me, even the idea of being around like a small group of friends is feels too overwhelming for such a emotional day. So I'm going to the real upstate New York. I feel like there's been some upstate uh, content swinging around Instagram and Twitter with like maps and shit. Um, for reference, Buffalo is in western New York um, and upstate New York is like the Adirondacks. So I will be going to Potsdam, which is in the Adirondacks um, with my friend Hannah for a very chill and nourishing New Year's. That sounds great. And like, I, I feel like a chill New Year's is always like the best way to do it, you know, to begin with. Like I, I have way more fun being like a smaller gathering at someone's apartment than like a packed bar. And I think that this year it'll probably feel safer to do that too. Um, one of my friends who lives in London is going to be in, in the city. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her celebrating New Year's with her for the first time in years. This is not advice. It's just a fact that I'm sharing. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. Um, <laughs> this is also not really advice because other people can't, maybe can't do this. But um, this is just more in the vein of like having things to look forward to is that I thought we could talk about how we are having a co-host retreat um, the weekend yes. after New Year's. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking of that as like a New Year's celebration also. Oh, I love it's Bringing that. in the New Year. Yeah. With, with the coven. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you can't come to our co-host retreat as advice, but maybe if you have your <laughs> own coven, you can make your own retreat. <laughs> we we like, highly recommend it being at a place that has a sauna. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so true. <laughs> You're gonna be like, we highly recommend like finding a group of people to make a podcast with. <laughs> They're all amazing. What <laughs> you should do. The, the advice here is that you have to um, start a podcast and then, you know, it'll take about four years into it of talking about how you should do a retreat. You'll finally plan the retreat and then you'll look forward to it. So exactly. it's it's kind of a long game, but I think the payoff is going to be really good. The payoff is, yeah. is absolutely worth it. I also think, I, I do think like the official advice out of this is like do something chill for New Year's. Um, I also very much agree that like trying to go out and like be, I don't know. This, I mean, maybe like we're all just homebodies, but I really feel like <laughs> we definitely there's are. too much pressure on New Year's to be like the best night out ever. And it's like, it's actually really nice to just like spend time with close friends and like have a nice little chill night in. So I definitely recommend that, especially if you are also a homebody. If yeah. not, your mileage may vary. I do just want to add to the New Year's discourse that um, the last New Year's of 2020, so the last New Year's we had pre-COVID, I was at um, a bar. I want to say it was Aunt Jenny's for, for the Brooklyn people. And the song they played at midnight was... Um, it's the end of the world as we know it. And since then, I've been like, what did they know? <laughs> <laughs> they knew. They knew. Anyway, so, and that's because I went to a bar on New Year's and then COVID happened. So Look I would not recommend that. that. <laughs> Basically your fault. It, it might be. So some more anyway. advice. Um, <laughs> like finding time to do things that are actually nourishing for you, Kellen was discussing this a little bit. Even if it's taking a walk or having a phone call with a friend you haven't talked to in a while or cooking a nice meal for yourself or for people you care about, I think anytime we can put our own spin on whatever the holiday plan is, it can feel better. Yeah, I really love that. I, I like everything that y'all have shared about like what you're planning um, as kind of like additional friend and community time around the holidays. Um, I think it can be really important to set aside that time, especially if you're spending the holidays in a way that's like 
not with the people that you would most like to be spending time with. Um, I feel like for me, one thing that I struggle with during this time is just feeling like a lot of my closest friends live in like very different places. And it often feels like I'm having to choose between seeing certain people um, around this time, just because that much travel isn't doable, especially in the pandemic. Um, so I don't know if that's something that you're struggling with at all. I think the end of the year is also always a good time to kind of like make plans about what visits to friends and family you want to make sure to do in the new year. Um, and like, if there are people that you're missing or you haven't been spending as much time with, um, it can be kind of a good time to just like notice that and, you know, make plans to spend some more time with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, so just to echo what Jules said before, I the thing that I find to be really important is saying no repeatedly, if you have to, to your family even, or especially, and without remorse. Uh, if you grew up Catholic like I did, good luck with the without remorse part. But like, I believe in you just like I believe in myself. <laughs> um, honestly, just like can't repeat that enough. It was really annoying to have to tell my dad repeatedly that I will not be participating in his stuff on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but I feel a lot better knowing that I will be spending that time with my siblings. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add because we were asked on our Discord to make Girl Boss Corner a recurring segment, and so this week's Girl Boss Corner, um, we are going to highlight Nancy Reagan and just say no. <laughs> <laughs> just say no to your family or whatever you need to. <laughs> uh yeah I love that I'm so proud of you for doing that Laura that's like it's really hard to do um I also okay so I teased this earlier I have to share my life hack about like conservative family versus accepting family um so you can see your family at other times of year that are not the holidays and I discovered this year that I, so I went to visit um, my mom's family in Florida like a little while ago, maybe like two months ago before the holidays. And it meant that instead of everyone gathering together at these really big holiday celebrations where you're like forced to be with the people that you don't want to see, I just got to like see the people that I wanted to see and not see the people I didn't want to see. And maybe that's obvious, but it was like very revolutionary from here it's like oh like I can just not go during a holiday and then it's like everyone's not gathering together mm -hmm. like I can just stay with my cousin that I wanted to hang out with and like spend time with my, my grandma and like not see any of my weird conservative family so I don't know I just highly recommend like and then it also helps because if you're not going for the holidays you can be like well I was just there like I can't travel again like it, it really helps like and also I think can make people feel like, oh yeah, like you did set aside that time for them, but it doesn't mean that you have to spend like the whole holidays with them. Um, so that's, that's my advice that I have learned this year. Big brain jewels. What's up? <laughs> I think it's funny because um, my, my extended family on my dad's side just kind of started doing that on our own. Like it's a really big family. There's a lot of us and there's like kind of factions and we used to like all do Christmas together. And then I don't know, like several years ago that just like stopped. And now it's like, we basically just do like smaller things, like the couple of days after seeing the relatives we actually like. So I think my whole family, like broadly there, yeah, there's like so many people just kind of was like, yeah, we don't actually want to like all be together. <laughs> That's not necessary. Um, I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that everyone just agreed like yeah we don't we don't we tell sometimes because it's harder when some people are like no the whole family all has to be together and then you're like oh which is how it had been and then like so many of my cousins were getting married and having kids and the family kept growing and it was just not a sustainable model <laughs> um so yeah anyway highly recommend um if your family has factions just like stop trying to meld them you know it's fine <laughs> Um, just could I don't know, talk to your therapist anyway. Um, so as we have mentioned on this episode, one thing that can be really hard around the holidays is, um, our dating lives, whether you're single or in a relationship or like maybe in a new relationship and you don't know what's appropriate for like, if you just started dating, should you get them a gift? Well, we'll tell you on our next episode, which is going to be a holiday, um, 
edition of Revolutionary Romance. So wanted to put it out there. So we are now accepting your your entries. They can be like dating holiday stories, um, questions, comments, concerns, and you know where you can send them to us is at Season of the Bee on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email them to us if you want, seasonofthebee at, at gmail.com. Um, you can, well, you can't tell us on Patreon, but you should go to our Patreon. <laughs> you and can. Then you can. From there, you join you our can, Discord. You can tell us on Discord. You can yeah. also yes, send messages exactly. on Patreon, but it's, don't do that. we check don't those? Do that. <laughs> I mean, I do once a week when I upload the next episode, so <laughs> I probably won't. By the time, so just if you feel really Discord. compelled to send us a Patreon, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but once you're on our Patreon, you can tell us on Discord where we have a whole revolutionary romance and revenge channel. You can rate, resubscribe on iTunes. You can like us, listen on Spotify, so we're on your Spotify Wrapped, and you can tell your family absolutely fucking not. Yeah, very nice. That's right. So ho, 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 bitch. Oh, I also <laughs> said I'm the joke from the beginning was supposed to be that a self-care thing is just being a hoe if you want to be oh, just dropping it at the I end. I love that. <laughs> just free, free extra advice right We've here. Come full circle. <laughs> once people like when I'm listening to podcasts, once they get to their like, you can follow us on Patreon, whatever, whatever. I always turn it off. Totally. So I feel bad for our listeners that don't listen to us all the way through because unlike what this I do with my podcast, listen to the whole you should podcast. listen. Sometimes listen there's the some thing. extra <laughs> little gems, especially whenever I'm the one starting the outro. They always get spicy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love you. Approach it. Yeah, love you. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.